and not necessarily the missionaries that we support, although we do support quite a few missionaries uh, from all over the world and all over our nation and even locally, and uh, we're grateful for uh, the giving uh, of his people here that enables us to, to give uh, sacrificially to help missionaries, both, uh, like I said, here and in our nation and around the world. But we want to focus on, I want us to look at Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11 this morning, because this is really going to set the stage for what we're going to share with you. And I forgot to mention the children ages 3 through 2nd grade, you're dismissed to children's church. They were ready. They knew what they needed to do. Yeah, Acts chapter 1, verses 1 to 11. This is just going to set the stage for where we're headed today, and I'll explain that as we get, as we get there. But uh, let's look at this passage together and see what Paul is writing to the, the believers. Um, or I'm sorry, not what Paul is writing, but uh, what Luke is writing. Um, <clears throat> so, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit." So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee said, Why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you and into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Are you looking forward to that day? I know I am. When he returns, I can't wait. But we have work to do, right? Until he returns. We see it here, and we're going to talk about it too in Matthew chapter 28 in just a moment. But in, in verse 8, in Acts chapter 1, we see this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They were to be his witnesses. They were to go and share with others about who Jesus is and what he came to earth to do and what he accomplished on, by dying on the cross for our sins. And, and that command to his apostles is to us as well. And you notice that it's in Jerusalem. That's where they lived. That was their local area. It was Judea and Samaria. That was the outlying area. It's kind of what we call domestic here in our nation. And then to the ends of the earth, that's international. And so we're going to look at those three areas today uh, and just share with you kind of what's been going on and what it goes on in, in that time or in those different locations. And so uh, you're gonna, we're going to start with local and then we're going to move into domestic where we'll hear from our team that went to uh, Laurel Mission in Kentucky and then international uh, as, uh, as our team comes and shares about the vision trip that we had this past year to Guatemala. But let's look first at local. So 
something that we do, these are ministries that we do on a monthly basis. So these are consistent things, but that's not to say that we don't do other one-time things. We do all kinds of outreach in our community. I want you to be aware of that from in-gathering that we do at Thanksgiving time where we send out those boxes of food and other non-perishable items uh, to people in our community that are in need. We have benevolence that's going on all the time as people come and just share the needs that they have. Um, So we're able to meet those needs. And so this ministry that we're doing in a local uh, way... There's so much more. Uh, there's things that we've done in the past that maybe we haven't done in a while, but we've done some volunteer work at like uh, uh, Tender Care Pregnancy Center, and, and we've done other things like that as well. And we've ministered to those through the Ronald McDonald House and, and all kinds of stuff. So there's things that we do. So I would just encourage you today to keep your ears open for when we do those one-time ministry opportunities that you can get involved with. But these are the ones we do on a monthly basis. So the Gettysburg Soup Kitchen, is the, it's the first Thursday of the month. And uh, Brenda, you didn't know that I was going to put your name up on the screen this morning. But if you have any questions about the soup, you know, the, the Gettysburg Soup Kitchen, they kind of just take the prepared meals down there, if I understand correctly. And then they have people that serve. Are we serving anymore? No. So we just we take the prepared food. So if you want to help uh, prepare food for that, just see Brenda Weaver or sign up at the Welcome Center today because we do have um, a sign-up sheet in there for these three particular monthly um, local ministry outreaches that we do. We also do the Upper Adams Food Pantry down at, at uh, Centenary United Methodist Church in Biglerville, and that's on the fourth Monday of the month. And so uh, you can either see my wife, Judy Johns, or again, just uh, sign up if you're interested to help. We normally go down there from 5.30 to 7.30, and we uh, provide the food. We provide the volunteers that uh, help with the food pantry that evening. And it's just a great time. We really made some great connections with some of the people there. So we're excited about that. We made some really great connections through the New Hope Mobile Food Pantry that comes to our parking lot on, on the, what is it, the third Thursday of the month unless the third Wednesday, anyhow. Mostly it's the third Thursday of the month. If you're interested, you can talk with Pastor Mark or again sign up at the Welcome Center today, but, uh, and he'll keep you updated as to when those change. Um, I could explain it to you today, but you know, I'm, not sure you, I'm not sure I can explain it well enough to you. I apologize. But um, there's kind of a formula. Anyhow, if you want to know, just come ask me. I'll explain it to you. I'll show you from a calendar. It would just be easier that way. Hey, but one of the other things that I want to share with us today for local ministry is that we've all been called to be ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 28, uh, verses uh, 18 to 20, say this. This is, again, just right before Jesus ascends into heaven. We just saw that in Acts. But it says this, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. This command from Jesus is for each one of us as followers of Jesus Christ. He may not be calling you to do domestic missions. He may not be calling you to do international missions, but he is calling you to do local missions with your colleagues, with your neighbors, with your family members, and encouraging you to share the gospel with them and inviting them to come to church. And so I want to focus just a little bit then on maybe a refocus, I should say, of the Give to Revive Our Worship, the Grow Capital campaign. I'm going to give you the timeline in just a little bit. 
But I want to go back and remind you of what was written in this booklet. And we still have some of those out in the foyer today. If this is brand new for you, we encourage you to pick one of those up. This is something we started back in 2018. But when we originally shared this with you in, in 2018 in March, we shared with you the fact that we've always been a body of believers that's characterized um, with a vision for the future and faith to move forward. We've always been characterized that way as a body of believers. Before I was ever here, before some of you were ever here, some of you have been here during all of this. But back in 1963, the body of believers that were IW United Brethren in Christ Church bought this property that was the old school building property. And they built this sanctuary that we have today and the, the downstairs as well. They moved from a little white clapboard church just up on Idaville, York Springs Road. They didn't have enough parking up there anymore and they needed more. So they bought this property. They built this church. They began to minister and continue to minister to um, this body of believers, this community. And you know what they did when they built this building back in 1963? In the foyer, behind that slat wall that you see out there, the information station wall, there's a zipper wall. Do you know what a zipper wall is? They've already prepared to have that wall knocked out so that they'd be able to put a door in. They've done it both on this level and the lower level so that we could expand out into the parking lot. They had vision for the future and faith to move forward, didn't they? So in 1991, what did they do? They didn't expand that direction. They expanded this direction. And they put the gym on because they had this vision for the future that they wanted to reach the community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they had faith to move forward. And here we are. We stand poised again. We are still that same body of believers that has this vision for the future and faith to move forward. Now, 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says this. This is what I want us to be able to accomplish as a body of believers in our community and for us as well. 2 Peter 3, 18 tells us this. But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. I don't know if you're aware of this today, but there are churches, Christian churches that are not teaching the word of God. They're not growing in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's what we're committed to. We're committed to teaching God's word verse by verse through books of the Bible. And I think that people are hungry for that. I think that they're missing that in other churches. And so we want to be that kind of a church. We want to just encourage people to come and, and understand God's word and know that we're teaching uh, the pure word of God. You know, last week, I shared a very difficult message, right? There wasn't a lot. In there. God wasn't even in that chapter in Genesis. And some people might have said, I just would have skipped that one, right? I'm not, I'm not going to teach that one. It's just, there was rape and there was murder. All this kind of stuff was going on, right? We're not going to do that. We're going to teach all the word of God, the entire counsel of God's word we're going to teach. And so we want to be able to, to encourage people to come and, and uh, you know, we're a small body of believers right now, right? And so there may be questions like, well, why would we need to continue to move forward with this Grow Capital campaign? Why would we need to continue to think about expanding? Because you know what? I think God's going to bless. He's going to provide. And the other thing that I want us to be aware of is what, we read as Paul writes to the Ephesian believers in chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. This is the power of God. This is the God that I want us to serve. 
Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Do you believe that we serve a God who's capable of doing far above what we can ever even envision? I do. Do you believe that he can use this small body of believers to do something immeasurably more than what we can even think in our own minds? I, I do. And you know why I believe that? I watched him do it over the past year. Where God worked in an incredible way to do immeasurably more than we ever thought or imagined. Where we thought it was going to take us five years to take care of that tax debt, it was gone in less than a year. Is that the God that we serve? Is that the God that you serve? You better believe it. He can do immeasurably more. We may not understand him. God's word tells us that his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His, the, that passage of Scripture goes on and says that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We can't comprehend what he wants to accomplish, but we have to follow him by faith. We have to trust him by faith to move forward with the vision that he's given us. And so back in 2018, and actually before 2018, um, we started talking about what are some of the needs, what are the things that we need to address uh, here at Idaville UB Church. And so we had three goals that we set out from that. The first one was to create a safe and secure children's wing. Our children's wing right now is not safe and secure. We can't lock it down. We can't keep other people from coming in there when Sunday school is happening or children's church is happening. And so we like we really need to create a safe and, and secure children's wing. We need to expand and improve the parking lot. I don't know if you noticed the cracks out there. They, they are being addressed, but you know eventually we, we need to expand and we need to... We need to redo the entire parking lot. We can do that with this. And then the third goal was to build a new sanctuary and storage area and improve our foyer. And so when you see this uh, first, uh, it's the interior design um, that Centurion put together for us. The purple area that you see would be the secure children's wing that would be in the lower level heading out that direction out of, off of the foyer. The upper part would be a new sanctuary. And uh, we'd also have some storage that we would put off the back of the multi-purpose room. And so the uh, par part of the back of this sanctuary would be an ex extended uh, foyer that would have handicap-accessible bathrooms, men's and women's, on this level. Uh, the, what would be remain of the sanctuary would be a chapel that we would use for whatever we want to use it for. And so... Um, the next picture you're going to see is just uh, what it would look like on the outside. The gray areas is uh, the building that would head out that direction into the foyer. We would add some parking uh, up towards the road, um, towards the road sign, and then a little bit down in this open field here as well. We would lose, I don't know, eight or ten parking spaces uh, putting the new building out that direction. But So let me give you the timeline of why we started this whole thing. So uh, we were looking at a three-year campaign to raise $80,000 for land development pre-construction that would help us to know what we can do uh, here before we move forward with the, with the greater project. So on March uh, 25th of 2018, we shared that vision with you and asked you to make a commitment, a three-year commitment <clears throat> of, of faith promise to the Lord. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. That was going to end on March of 2021. Um, but there's a lot of things that happened in there, right? COVID happened, tax debt happened, things like that happened. And so, um, you know, we self-identified with the state and federal taxing agencies in July of 2019, and we had to focus on that. And that's okay. But I think it's time for us to refocus. 
I think it's time for us to, to look again at this Grow Capital campaign and see what God wants to do. He wants to use us to minister to our people. He wants us to be those ministers of the gospel that goes out and tells our neighbors about Jesus Christ and invites them to come in. And so as of January 8th, last Sunday, the amount that's been given towards that 80000 uh, is we're already at $49,141, so we're a little over half. And so in your bulletins this morning, we had this campaign commitment card. Again, if you were here you know, five years ago, you, you saw one of those. They're out in the foyer as well on the one uh, table out there. And we're just asking you today, again, to refocus and to say, over the next three years, what faith promise commitment will I make in order to help further the gospel in the local area here? On the back of there, it gives you some ideas of what it would look like if you gave a dollar a week or whatever amount per week, what that would look like in three years, or if you give on a monthly basis. And again, this is not taking from your regular tithes and offerings. This is saying to God, God, I'm trusting you to provide in a miraculous way above and beyond my tithes and offerings. And you're just saying to God, I'm trusting you for that today. And that's what the faith promise is. And that's what you're going to commit here. And once you're done with that card, uh, you can just fold it in half and stick it in the lockbox that's there right uh, by that display. Um, and, uh, you know, just there's only a few people that are going to see that commitment. It'll just be our, our financial treasurer and, and um, our treasurer as well. And so... That's what I want to encourage you with today on the local ministry. We, we have a great opportunity to reach our community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you, if you have any questions about the Grow Capital campaign, don't hesitate to come and talk with me or one of the board members. Um, uh, anyhow, we would love to sit down with you, after, especially after you read through that booklet. And uh, anyhow, uh, that, that's uh, what we want to share with you this morning for local missions. Now, we had a group that went to Laurel Mission in Kentucky, and so this is domestic, and we're going to have uh, two of them come and just share. They're, you're going to see some pictures, and they're going to kind of walk, uh, walk you through what God did as they ministered to the people there in Kentucky. I'm the blue one. <laughs> um, we left for Kentucky last October. And from this church, we had all of three of us, Sierra, myself, and Mark. There's a picture of the group. We only knew, well, we only knew the three of us. Mark knew some of the other people. But when we came back, they're all our family now. We started out on this long trip that was how many hours? Eight hours, something like About that. Eight hours. And it was all highway, and it's like, go, go, go. And then finally, we get off the highway, and this is what we see. From there on out, that's, that's what when we Chip saw. said we were close. Yes. <laughs> go ahead, you talk about this. Um, this is the chapel. Um, it's, I don't believe it's active right now, um, but this is the chapel that's on the mission site. Um, <clears throat> that's where we stayed. Uh, that girl's bunk was in there, and that's the little kitchen area was in there that we all got together and ate and had fellowship. Oh, yeah, and that's the dog. We'll talk about the dog in a minute. Well, he's in here. Yeah, there he is. That's Red. Red has a brother named Blue. Chip has him. He became our best friend very quickly. Um, right as soon as we got there, he was there to greet us, and Mark and I fell in love with him. Jackie interacted, too, but we weren't able to get a picture of that. Uh, here's our host. This, this is the, the man who runs the mission, Nathan Boggs, and that's his wife, Lindsay, and their three children. They were working right beside us. Everything that we did, they were there. There's the three kids. 
Eli, he is like my best buddy. He's texting me now. And he's like, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? But these three kids work alongside their parents to, to the work of the mission. Right there's our dining area. Um, we had breakfast, lunch, and dinner there. And Nathan and his family joined us for almost every single one. Um, we always took time to do a Bible lesson or what's, what's it called? Bible. A Bible lesson before <laughs> and after. Um, that's Kim's house. Uh, Kim is a CNA. She's a single mom um, of three adopted children, um, but she has two that live with her. She's got a little boy and a little girl, um, and this house was being built for her. Uh, we went in. We left here not knowing at all what we were going to do. Mm -hmm. Nothing. We get there. We painted. Uh, we helped set doors. Mark was the doorknob expert putting, there's a picture of him putting doorknobs on. But all the rest of us painted, and we painted, mm -hmm. and then we painted some more. And we had a group working on electrical <laughs> as well. Yes, we did. And I think the next picture. Hey, look, it's me painting more <laughs> painting. That's my wife. We did a lot of painting. We painted that entire house on the inside. And we painted pink, and we painted blue, and yes. we painted white, and, and we came out looking pink and blue yes. and white. And this was us working yeah. on the door frame. Jackie got the special opportunity of being stuck in small closets for a very long time, <laughs> hanging door frames. I can fit in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> um, All the respect to her, because I had to get in that small closet to paint. Um, <laughs> For some reason, Savannah, the little girl standing on top of the water heater, thought it would be a great idea to take a group picture in the bathroom. So that's what we did. Um, they actually painted that entire bathroom, and Larry and Aaron hung up the lights. Uh, this is the trailer that belongs to the mission. And as you can see, if you see that driving down the road, what are you going to see? Jesus. Okay, that's, that's what they're there for, Jesus. They use that for everything. Here, we're setting up to do a food giveaway. You know, we think of the food giveaway, we do the food pantries and that kind of mm -hmm. thing. This is a big deal. There were probably, what, 18 pallets? 18 pallets. Of food mm -hmm. set out, and we they drive through, 60. and what, we had 60 cars? Yep, over 60 cars showed up. And we um, were all there, and we were just shoving mm -hmm. food in their trunks and in their back seats. But what was really nice was, as they were coming through, I had a chance to pray with every single car. Like, I would stand back and I would say, hey, can I pray for you? Is there something you need to have prayer for? Most of them just said, yeah, pray. You know, the more the merrier. Mm -hmm. Now, keep in mind that these are people that, they, they're not church people. No. These people are trying to survive. They're doing everything they can to survive. And for them to be okay, pray for me, was a really big deal. Um, this is the clothing pantry. Um, Jackie actually got a chance to work in yeah. there. I did not, so I'm going to let her talk about that. Yeah, I, I went with Deb. The clothing pantry is open every Wednesday morning. And they, people actually come in and they pay for their clothing. And I'm like, they pay like no more than a dollar. And I'm like, why do they pay for it if it's, you know, basically you're giving it to them. She said, that's for their self-respect. We, we recognize... People go and they buy things for themselves and for their families. So they come in and they buy things for their families. So these are some of the sites that we saw. Um, that picture on your left is on the mountain. And the picture to your right is an abandoned coal mine. Um, these people, like I said, are just trying to survive. 
um, all, almost all of their coal mines were shut down, I believe, in about 2012. Yeah, there's like two running, mm -hmm. I think. This is a fun picture. <laughs> this is the watering hole that I was not so nicely convinced to get into in October. Um, Aaron, one of our other younger group members, got in the night before it was nighttime and was supposed to be colder. It was the same temperature when I got in the next mor morning, but we convinced Nathan to get in with us. It was a lot of fun. This was my, one of my favorite parts outside of the mission. We went up to the top of that mountain. Well, getting there was a, was a story in itself. Oh, or yes. like off-roading You'll have to come see van. us for that story. It's, it's a long story. When we get up there, <laughs> there are horses up there. And you get out, and they come up to you, and you can pet them, and you can feed them. And I absolutely, I love horses, so I absolutely loved going up and seeing. We saw some here, and we saw some there. Mm -hmm. We learned all kinds of interesting facts about oh, horses. Yes. We're not going to share those. You have to come along to find out. But um, Which, my favorite part of that trip, I didn't get that picture in here because I couldn't find it, but Eli, Nathan's son, took a picture of me petting a horse that nobody has ever been able to pet before. I was able to walk up right to it, and I stuck my hand out, and it came to me. And he managed to get a picture of that, but I'll have to ask him for it again because I lost it. This is a chapel that they took us to see. We can't remember the name of it, but this was built by hand, stone on stone, um, by a gentleman from Germany, Sweden, somewhere. Something like that. <laughs> But it's a beautiful, beautiful chapel. And I don't think it's used on a regular basis for it services. Now. It is now, every is Sunday. It? Yep. Okay, but I know it's used for weddings and stuff. There's a beautiful big organ. That's the front of the church, and that's a stone altar at the very front in front of that window. This was Wednesday night fun. Oh, yes, <laughs> youth group. Yeah, the youth group played this game that we've never seen of, heard before, called Nine Square. There was a lot of games they played that I've never seen yeah, or heard of. They yeah, they did, <laughs> but we, go ahead. That's me on the floor. Um, oh. Mark was asked to lead youth and do a little skit. So I'll let you explain the rest. So, well, <laughs> Mark was telling the story of the, um, good the Good Samaritan. Samaritan. So we enacted the Good Samaritan. Jackie beat me with pool noodles. She was, she was the Samaritan, and she got beat up. But this was the, our group after the youth group. But that mm -hmm. building, that's part of the big building right beyond where the, the dining hall is. And they have youth group there every Wednesday night. And on Facebook, like I'm a friend on Facebook, and we get messages every Wednesday night, mm -hmm. hey, there's youth group tonight. Show up. There's youth group tonight. So one, one Wednesday night, we're going to just show up to youth group. <laughs> but as that says, we're planning to go back this October, hopefully this October. Mm -hmm. And I encourage you guys to go. Even if you don't think there's something that you guys can do there, there's something. We will find something. Whether it be staying back and cooking meals or helping in the clothing pantry. We had people there of every age when we went and everybody enjoyed their time. So I really encourage it. And don't be scared mm -hmm. because we left and we had no idea what we were going to find. Nothing. No idea what the sleeping arrangements were going to be. All we knew yeah. is what th that we were going to Kentucky. That yeah. was about it. And <laughs> just one other little fact. We were in Harlan <laughs> County, Kentucky. It is one of the poorest counties in the, in the state and in the country. And 
when we got off the highway, we stopped at a grocery store. It's like, oh, cool, we must be really close. Then we left the grocery store, and it was 45 minutes till we got to the mission. Now, for the mission to go to the grocery store, to the doctor, to a mall, to a, any other kind of store, it mall. was 45 minutes. Their mall is the post office and the grocery store. They yeah, don't actually have a mall. that's just a little one. That wasn't... <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, that would be like us having to go to Harrisburg for everything that we did. Mm -hmm. If you need to get groceries for your family, you have to go to Harrisburg. But anyway, when we go back again, please sign up and yeah. out there and Come with we'll us. take you along. It'll be fun. I was able to officiate Addie Miller's um, wedding uh, to Chris. And so um, while we were there, we got to stay with, with Wayne and Denise um, who are our missionaries, one of the missionaries that we support. He works for Moody Aviation, um, and he works out there um, at, at their, their facility in Spokane, Washington. And in 2016, we, we got to go on a missions trip to Spokane. And when, what we did during that missions trip is we just kind of blessed Wayne and Denise Miller. We also did some ministry together with them, working in different uh, locations and different ministries that they're associated with. We got to see a tour of uh, uh, Moody Aviation there. But this, when we went out just here in October, you know, I, was, I had a chance to sit and chat with Wayne a little bit. And, and uh, there's different projects in their house that really just need uh, attention, just, you know, small construction items um, that need to be done. And so um, I, I just told him, I said, Wayne, it sounds like we need to have another missions trip to Spokane. And he was like, that'd be wonderful. And so, uh, again, for... Um, for a Laurel Mission, there's a sign-up sheet out in the foyer. And then also, if you're interested in more information about, we don't know exactly when we'll go, if it'll be this summer, if it'll be next summer, but we would like to try and put a trip together where we can go back out to Spokane and we can just bless the Miller family. Um, they're just, they're a great family and we appreciate them and love what God's doing in and through them with Moody Aviation. And so that's what, uh, that's what that, that screens or that slide's all about, but... And in August of last year, Lauren Fleming and I needed to go to, to Guatemala to, um, to just do a vision trip there to see, can we, can we partner as a church with uh, a village in Guatemala? And so uh, Lauren's going to come and just share a little bit about our trip, and then uh, I'll share a little bit at the end as well then. Oh, a story kept uh, running through my head. Um, the story goes like this. A old fella got up early one morning and took a walk on the beach. And uh, as he's walking along, way ahead of him on the beach coming towards him was a young man. And every once in a while, he would reach down and pick up something and, and look at it for a moment and throw it into the ocean. And... They kept getting closer and closer, and every once in a while, the young lad would continue to do this, it, throwing something in the ocean. The guy was very confused. I don't know what this is. So uh, finally, they, they met, and just before they met, the young fellow reached down and picked up a starfish off of the sand. And the old, old guy says, what are you doing? He says, I'm saving 
I'm saving starfish. He says, what are you saving starfish? There's, there's thousands and thousands of them that washed up overnight. I mean, what's, you know, this is a drop in the bucket. And the young man says, well, I can't save them all, but I can save this one and throws it into the water. So that's kind of the story that kept coming into my mind as we made this trip. So the country is beautiful. If you like mountains and you like greenery and you like deep valleys, beautiful, beautiful country. But there is just so much human need there. These are folks that uh, live at the dump. Um, they, they live at the municipal dump. They wait for people to come and bring their garbage, and then they scavenge the garbage. The little bit that they have to live on comes from the garbage that people dump. And this is where we stayed. It's called Hope for Life. Um, they have a mission that uh, they started, I think it's been now over 20 years. They started their mission with... Um, Next slide, please. There we go. Uh, the Village of Transformation, up on top of a mountain, they basically leveled the top of the mountain and started an orphanage. And as you look at the orphanage, you'll see that they've developed some playgrounds. Uh, they have created homes where there are host families who have eight or 10 or 12 children that live in the home. Um, they give them an education, they give them good food, they take care of them. Um, this is the living area in one of those homes. And was probably one of the transformational orphanages in the country. Um, so that's how they started. Since then, they've been adding and adding and adding. This is a hospital that they've just recently added that um, um, is doing, I, I think this operating room is dedicated to cleft palates. Lots of cleft palates in the country. Um, but it's, it's a children's hospital. A lot of their uh, emphasis is towards children. Then they added an area for visiting teams of missionaries. This is the place that we stayed. Um, so that as missionaries come in and transform villages, um, there is a nice place for you to come back and recoup after the end of the day, have a meal, um, have devotions. Um, so this was one of the more recent additions. And the latest thing that they did is an outreach facility where they bring in children, especially um, over the summer, they can hold about a thousand children at a time. They come in. It's so, Linda. Don't be thinking that this is what you're going to get for Vacation Bible School, okay? <laughs> but but this is like Vacation Bible School on steroids. Um, they have uh, facilities to eat. They have facilities to bunk the children, and they have facilities for entertainment. So as we traveled back into the village, the guy in the royal blue shirt, that's Henry. He was our guide. Um, I think he knows everything and everybody 
in the country. Uh, every place you went, he knew the people. And if there's something that needed fixed or needed done, he was the guy to talk to. So one of the things that they do, one of the reasons we were there, is that they are looking for churches to invest in villages. Um, so what does it look like when a church invests into the village? Um, so they took us to a village that they had just completed. This is the road into the village. And these are the villagers that were waiting for us to arrive. They knew we were coming. Um, you can see the new fence there. Um, and this is the school that they completed about a year ago. Not very fancy by our standards. Um, but as you can see, there are rooms for the students. Um, the facility was clean. Um, the other thing, one of the things that they really work on is sanitation. There's not a lot of sanitation in the country. Um, just having a place to wash your hands is a big deal. They provide nutritious food for the villagers that they're supporting. And the most recent addition was a playground. The church had come in and put the playground in about two or three weeks before we actually got there. And when we've looked around, the only recreation facilities that we, can, that we saw was a couple of football, uh, we would call it soccer fields. Um, this is the only playground I think we saw during our entire trip. There is no place for children to go and, and play and be kids. <clears throat> they also invest in churches. Um, so this is the church in that local village. This is the inside of the church. Um, you can see that uh, they don't have pews. They do have some chairs that they stack up and get out for services, but there are no pews. It's not very fancy. This is the pastor and his family. And, and oh, yeah, I'm there in the back. Uh, <clears throat> So, uh, and then the pastor took us to his kitchen. This is his kitchen. If you look in the one picture, you'll see Stuart in there somewhere. But uh, um, things are a little sketchy. I would be a little concerned eating out of that kitchen, but they do it all the time. So, is there a need? Yes, there is a great need in the country. Again, this is back out at the, uh, at the dump, people scavenging. They then took us to a couple of villages that um, had not been reached yet. They wanted to show us the difference between a village that had been reached and, and supported and one that hasn't. This is our trip in. Uh, we had a problem with one of the vehicles. They're there fixing it. Um, one of the things they sent us with was a security team. You can see the guy there packing his pistol. Um, that was just part of the way they do things in their country. They sent us with somebody who does security. They sent us with a translator. They sent us with a guide. Um, all their trips 
uh, are that way just, just because. This is the road in. It was fun. If you like to four-wheel, you will enjoy it. <clears throat> um, and there was a town that we came through, and that was probably the last paved road that we saw. And we were on dirt roads for an hour and a half back to the first village. This is the local traffic jam. Um, <clears throat> the road is just wide enough if you pick a wide spot for two vehicles to pass. Um, and you can see the, their version of a local taxi there. It's a four-wheel drive pickup that people jump on the back and go from village to village. I don't know if you can see it, but uh, there is a gully there. You should be able to see the white sandbags. When the, when the rains come and the road washes out, they just fill sandbags, fill up the hole, and put dirt on top, and the road's good to go. Uh, makes you feel really comfortable and safe. <clears throat> so this is the first on-reach village that we finally got to, and we were the first non-Guatemalans these folks had ever seen. So here's the road into the village, barely wide enough for the vehicle to travel. Um, at this point, it's not wide enough for two vehicles to pass. This is kind of what it looks like, very mountainous. Um, they are up at the point where coffee grows. That was one of their main uh, forms of subsidy up there. They grow coffee. These are the people, uh, lots of people just waiting for our arrival. Kids, lots of kids. It's amazing. And this is their school, two rooms. The seating is bare minimum, um, kind of dirty, but this is where the kids go to, to learn. This is the trail into the village. You can't get a vehicle into most of the village. You walk the trails. And this is a typical home. They took us in one, and I apologize, the pictures are a little bit dark. The, uh, Left is their stove. It's really a fireplace. Um, the right is a picture of their electric. Every house seems to have electric because everybody seems to have a cell phone. Um, so every house has a couple of outlets where they can charge the cell phone, might have a light or two. That's about it. Um, Everything was dark. You can tell this house was very dark when we were there. And that was the middle of the day. Um, this is their church. Um, very basic, very primitive. You can see the uh, benches. Um, the pastor lives about a mile away, walks to church every day. They have services every day. Now we're coming to the second village. The second village, I, I think, was a little bit more affluent. At least the roads were better. They actually had a concrete road. I think that was um, 
something we did not see very often. There is the pastor of the church in the village, and the mayor and the principal all came to meet us along with, well, probably a hundred or more villagers were there just waiting for us to arrive. Pastor Stewart got to give the uh, invitation, gave a message, um, and there's the folks listening to him. Um, we need to work on Pastor Stewart. He doesn't do well yet with the translator. <laughs> he needs to make small chunks that the translator can translate. <clears throat> Their church is about a mile away, uh, about a kilometer away. That's six-tenths of a mile. Um, this is the trail that goes straight down the hill to the church. Um, and, and their hills are very straight. Um, they, we didn't actually go to the church, but they said it is just a clearing in the woods. That's church. And this is their school. Um, probably a little bit better than the first village, but still very much need there for um, the kids and the education. So, we have been invited to participate. Uh, participate means that we will <clears throat> work by ourselves or alongside others to transform a village, providing education, providing sanitation, providing clean water, building up the church, ensuring that there's a pastor, providing occasional assistance with food and, and, and health supplies. <clears throat> it's one of the things that uh, I, I think that we've been challenged with. One of the things we need to take a look at, is this something that we can take on? I know that Devonshire is sending their pastor in March to go visit the same villages, and we may be able to partner together um, so probably in the next month or so you'll start to hear we'll probably I'm, I'm planning to call a meeting uh, we'll talk a lot more about the need what it actually costs what it looks like what our part would be so if you're interested please come to that meeting it'll be at another time so um, but this is just to whet your appetite show you that there is a need and kind of where we think we might be being called so thank you Yeah, thank you, Lauren. It, it was uh, it was such an incredible trip, and you know, um, I thought going up into the villages, if it rains, we're not coming off the mountain tonight. Uh, so you saw how narrow some of those roads were, and some of them had been repaired just recently. But I thought, oh no, we're never going to make it off the mountain. But uh, God was was gracious to us, and yeah, we got to do some ministry while we were there too. That one picture that Lauren showed you, where we were going into the village and into that home that we went into the, um, there was a, a man in his 40s that um, had been sick since he was 19 and uh, was now not able to walk and they thought he was having uh, seizures and different things like that and they, they thought he probably had a brain tumor and he's not coming off the mountain. Uh, he, they can't afford any kind of medical treatment off the mountain and, and so I got to pray for him that God would do a supernatural healing uh, in, his, in his life. I mean, he's been that way for 20 years. 
and just getting progressively worse. And, and then just to be able to share the gospel with, with uh, those villagers, I mean, it's, it's incredible. And both of those villages have over 200, 250 children that go to school. And Lauren showed you those schoolrooms hold 30 desks wall to wall. And they service 250 children in those two classrooms with their just 30 desks. So they need more classrooms, and that's what we would help do. The neat thing about the whole ministry that we, we went with World Help, you got to meet the founder of that for one of our, um, one of our rally days. Uh, he came and spoke and, and uh, gave you his book, right? And then the ministry they partner with in Guatemala is, is Hope of Life. And um, how they work um, with churches then as, they, as we provide the finances for these projects um, they will work with the villagers to complete the project to within two or three days, and then they invite a team from the churches that have sponsored to come down and work together with the villagers to complete it and then have a ribbon cutting, whether it's the, you know, whether it's the school buildings or whether it's a playground or whether it's the uh, you know, fresh water uh, well system or whatever. They, they work together with the villagers, and then we get the opportunity to go down and be a part of that, and so that's part of... Uh, what you would hear about too in this meeting that, that Lauren will have put together. So I, I think we have an incredible opportunity to transform. This is a highly Catholic area all throughout there. The pastors, you know, they have churches of about 15 to 20 in just a year. Uh, that are, these are Christian churches, evangelical churches. And so um, to be able to, to also provide a church building that we would build and, and a house for the pastor is, is huge in spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're looking forward to what God's going to use uh, us to accomplish, perhaps, in, in Guatemala. But, you know, as the worship team comes and as the ushers come forward as well to take up the tithes and offerings, let's just bow our heads and, and commit all of this to the Lord. Lord, we just come to you today, and we're grateful for missions that you allow us to do locally just with our own neighbors and our own family members and our co-workers. We're grateful for that local missions, what we're able to do through the food pantries and through Gettysburg Soup Kitchen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that we can reach out and into our nation, uh, most recently into Kentucky and, and potentially into uh, Washington State. Just give us wisdom, Lord God, for that. And Lord, as we consider uh, partnering uh, long-term with uh, a village in Guatemala. I pray that you would guide and direct us by your spirit. You would just do a, a mighty work in and through us. Give us wisdom to know what your will and desire is. Now, Lord, we just commit this offering to you as well and ask that you be honored and glorified through it. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you through giving. We just ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.